The I'm Fine Podcast is produced by Lemoore Media, LLC, and is run by Project Headspace and Timing. Project Headspace and Timing is a 501c3 that I started in 2017 after a veteran that I was a medic to decided to pull over on the side of the road and end his life. As an organization, Project Headspace and Timing works on veteran advocacy and veteran outreach. What that means is through the advocacy uh, perspective, we try to connect veterans to other resources as early on into the process as possible. What that entails is early contact with veterans, forming a safety net with their family members, friends, and fellow service members, educating them on the resources, and when that veteran is ready to get help, we are there to make sure that they get the help that they need. The outreach aspect is put there to get veterans together to do productive and constructive things, whether it's out in nature, working with other businesses, anything to get them out around other veterans where those good conversations can happen if they want to have them. If you are interested in finding out more information about our organization, please visit projectheadspaceandtiming.org our Facebook page, Project Headspace and Timing, or our Instagram, which is Project Headspace and Timing. And if you would like to donate to our organization, uh, please visit our website, projectheadspaceandtiming.org. Scroll to the bottom and you will find a link to our Venmo. If you'd like to send us a check, our P.O. Box is P.O. Box 382, Mantino, Illinois, 60950. And if you'd like to sponsor or have any other questions, feel free to reach out to me at Eric P, P is in Paul, at projectheadspaceandtiming.org. Thank you. Hi, welcome to this episode of the I'm Fine podcast, where today we're going to talk about toxic workplaces, uh, where they came from, how to deal with one, and what to do when you get away from one. Welcome to the I'm Fine podcast with your freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional hosts, Eric Peterson and Brad Stozik. That was a good summary. I like the way you said hi. <laughs> hi. Hi. Like I thought about it and I was like, you know what? I want to welcome you. Yeah. I want to make sure you feel welcome. So yeah. I say hi. I think that's totally fine. That's fair. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm good. It's uh, my like fourth favorite time of the year. Why is that? March Madness and baseball. I I wish that I was more into both. I mean, I love watching baseball. I love going, I love going to baseball games, and I love listening to baseball on the radio. Yes. Uh, and I'm, I'm a huge Cubs fan, but I didn't really get into college basketball much. But I heard that this year was pretty interesting. It's insane, dude. Yeah, that's what a lot of people told me. Who yeah. is it? I don't even know. Is it over? No, there's yeah. uh we're in the Sweet 16. Okay. Sweet 16. What's so insane about it? Um I feel like with college basketball, the transfer portal, like there's no more dominant teams. Like anybody can be like Princeton is in it right now. Oh, yeah. And, like yeah, yeah. Florida Atlantic. Yeah. I I didn't even know that was a college. So that's what makes it so interesting. And it, yeah, and it's just it it's the madness. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And also baseball season. I see you're wearing your jersey. I am. I am. Are you going to go to the home opener? I would if it wasn't in Houston. Oh, it's yeah, in Houston. Yeah. Oh, you said home opener. Yeah. Well, yeah, the home. Opener. Well, no, because yeah. it'll probably be too cold. Yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah, it's still not. It's still not like spring. No. Technically, it's spring, but it does not feel like it's spring outside. Yeah, I yeah. feel like the best time to go to a baseball game in Chicago is like June. Oh, evening. 
Yep. Like kind of warm, but not like stupid hot, you know? That's why I love, have you gone to Comiskey? Or have, have you, gone sorry, have Comiskey? you gone to Wrigley? Wrigley? Uh, yeah. Once or twice, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever gone to the rooftops? No. Have you heard about going to I the have, rooftops? I have, yeah. Yeah, man, like you get seats like that. It's just such a good experience. It's so much fun. And the type of thing where you want to bring your kids to. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, I definitely eh, sometimes. love going to baseball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, Sometimes. last time I went, we got a rooftop because we used to go to the Cubs home opener like every year with yep. a bunch of my friends. And we would take a bus up there and we would rent out one of the, uh, I forget, one of the bar areas up there where we'd be up top. And like one year we were all pretty drunk and there was this family in front of us uh, sitting in the bleachers or whatever it was. And the son, it was his first time going to a, a baseball game. And so the dad was like, yeah, we're trying to get him a ball. So you tell like <laughs> 25, 30, like super drunk adults that, oh my God, we started chanting and yelling to give the kid a ball. He eventually got one, like experiences like that. Nice. That made him a baseball fan forever. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love that. Heck yeah. Anyway, but yeah, how's everything else going, buddy? It's going, man. It's going. Trying to survive school. Got a couple of weeks left. Yeah. So I'm trucking along. Losing weight. Losing weight. Yep. yep. Clothes are looking a little bigger. They are. They Getting are. Getting ready for the hike. Yep. Yes, dude. I'm. And now I'm more excited because we have a plan. Yes, we do. We have, a, we have a date set. What is our plan, Brad? Our plan is July 9th through the 16th. Yep. Um, we're also planning, hopefully, to have a lead vehicle. Yep. That way it makes the load a little bit lighter. Yep. We'll have a campsite set up. So I think we're we're ready, man. I'm excited. I'm pumped. Yeah, dude. You're doing great, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But uh, okay, so for today's episode, we wanted to talk about toxic workplaces. Now, toxic workplaces, um, I've heard a lot more about it in the past few years, I think. Again, maybe I just wasn't paying attention before or whatever, but it seems like uh, people have been talking about them more, especially with the great resignation, all of these people that have, have quit their jobs recently, uh, the past few, few years, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I thought it was going to be a super interesting topic to look into. I definitely learned a lot from it, and I, I definitely learned that it just – it is – I'd say it's as common as you think it is because a lot of people, the more places you look, people deal, deal with a lot of these issues. And then reading all of the things that go into toxic workplaces, I was like, I definitely saw how I'd been impacted by some too, yep. right? Yep. Now, to talk about the uh, origin of where toxic workplaces come from, I think we have to talk about a leadership style first. Um, I think this leadership style is kind of a little bit of the cause of uh, what a toxic workplace or toxic culture is, and that's just my opinion. But that is the command and control type of leadership. Uh, the command and control type of leadership is very much an authoritative, like one person says, do this, and everybody falls in line sort of deal. Um, so in an Inc.com article from 2019 called Command and Control Leadership is Dead, uh, it said, for decades, many businesses adhered to a rigid leadership style, one that was hierarchical, uh, where managers gave orders, enforced inflexible policies, and didn't welcome input from employees. This type of command and control leadership took hold in the 50s and 60s, started by people who returned from World War II and stepped into business leadership positions. Um, so... Yeah, like command and control. I mean, dude, that's the military. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, that's exactly what the military is. Yeah. And and any sort of also, uh, like, first responder type, like police, uh, fire, all that kind of stuff. Like, it's kind of a command and control leadership. And, I mean, 
it sounds bad, but in certain situations, again, like military overseas and stuff, you oh, kind of yeah. get it. Like, it kind of has to be command and control, right? Well, yeah, when it's life or death. I like, mean, like... Like, if you're assaulting a hill and, like, you can't say, well, hey, I just want to ask everybody. Uh, <laughs> I know we're getting shot at from this hill, but, like... What do you guys think? You know, yeah, and a like good idea. Private Joe in the back's like, you know what? I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah, like we would no, you wouldn't get shit done in the military if nope. you didn't have a command and control uh, a type of leadership style. But um, what happened is that in time it started to kind of run its course and it started to develop some issues. Um, I found this on brinknews.com from 2021. The idea of a toxic culture was first proposed in 1975 by psychologist Herbert Freudenberger as a way to describe workplaces blighted by abusive relationships, aggressive behaviors, and cynicism. Freudenberger pointed to the risks for organizations from emotional exhaustion, uh, low motivation, and low productivity. Um, So, you know, in the mid-70s, they started to realize that that authoritative style was kind of going out of style and they, that there needed to be some changes. And that's kind of where uh, this toxic workplace uh, stuff really, really kind of stemmed from. So as far as like what yeah. a toxic workplace is, Brad, what did you get on that? Uh, so from muse.com, a toxic work environment is one where negative behaviors uh, such as manipulation, bullying, yelling, and so on are so intrinsic to the culture um, of the organization that a lack of productivity, a lack of trust, high stress levels, um, infighting and discrimination become the norm. Yep. Um, and so it's a place that makes you feel psychologically unsafe. According to Eli, uh, Baham- Bahaman, um, you might feel like you'll be punished, humiliated or rejected um, for whether to share ideas, raise concerns or objections about something, or show up to work as yourself. So, it's a military. That's what you're saying. <laughs> Dude, that's, that's, boot, that's boot camp. Like, that <laughs> I'm is... sorry, yes, you're right. It's not the military, but boot camp for sure. Oh, absolutely. For sure that. It, yeah, yeah. But again, and I've talked about this, I talked about this on the last episode about toxic masculinity and stuff. It's like some of these things that are considered toxic... There are certain situations where we kind of rely on them to exist. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Same thing. Because again, it's like the whole thing with the military is you you have to be pushed to the limit because you you are being prepared for something that we are not, I don't think, uh, supposed to be prepared to do. Yeah. And so they have to push you to that point. You know what I mean? And I think that's what creates the divide between the civilian and the and the mm-hmm. service member and that's part of it yeah you know what i mean and that's yeah yep. um so and then another thing to your point what you just said according to an article from cnbc in 2022 researchers found that toxic work culture was the biggest factor that led people to quit and 10 times more important than pay in predicting turnover and i see that for sure now like i know that i've done that when i left um i was working for a private investigation firm and excuse me I was working for a private investigation firm and I left that job to work for Serta Pro Painters and the private investigation firm that I worked for, there's a lot of things that were kind of toxic about it. The pay was pretty great. Yeah. And then I was taking a job where I wasn't going to be making as much. Yeah. And that did not matter to me because of how frustrated I was 
with the toxicity of the place that I was working at before. Like as long as for me, I can make it work financially. Yeah. yeah. Will I, will I take a decrease in pay if it's an increase in everything else in my life? Like for sure I will. Yeah. Why wouldn't I, you know what I mean? Cause all that other stuff, if I just keep stressing myself out, it's just going to cost me more in the long run anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. As far as like signs, yeah. um, so I know that you found some signs of a toxic workplace environment. What did you find? Yeah, so on the same article on themuse.com, so there's no boundaries um, around work. Um, right. People don't trust each other. Uh, there's no room uh, to make mistakes. People treat each other with contempt. <laughs> Didn't know what that word meant, so I had to look it up. Nice. Um, <laughs> you learned something. Huh? So that means like... You treat people like they're worthless or yeah, they're beneath you. Pieces of shit. Didn't know that. Yep. Um, there is the interpersonal relationships aren't healthy. Mm -hmm. well, obviously, um, there's no support for employee growth. Uh, people frequently feel uh, gaslighted. Also, didn't know what that meant. So, <laughs> really, I really, yeah. I, 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 I really had to teach didn't. myself like within the past year about it, that. That's a new. I, I and, heard that. and that's when people question their perception of. Um, of reality mm -hmm. um, and their own sanity and memories. So mm -hmm. they question all that stuff. Um, it, oh, basically it's a psychological mind fuck very yep. much. Yep. Um, there's also uh, people regularly feel symptoms of work stress. Um, so constant, like they're in constant fight or flight mode, like mm -hmm. at all times, which can lead to other um like can lead to anxiety, can lead to depression. Cause when your body's constantly in fight or flight, it's, it, you're just, it's not healthy because your Hell stress no, levels are so be. high. Yeah. Because that was like developed to be able to deal with that. Oh, there's a tiger situation yeah. when we were like just Neanderthals. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like either we run yep. or we fight, yep. but like, that's not a sustained thing. No. Right. No, not at all. And then the last one are, um, Uh, people are disengaged and the turnover rate is extremely high, so obviously. <laughs> a lot of those things that you said, I feel like are also super applicable with just getting out of a shitty relationship. Oh, yeah. Just a shitty relationship in general. Yeah. Like the other person's treating you with contempt, like you're worthless, holding you to a ridiculous standard, no boundaries around work. Oh, my God. That's a huge one. Yeah. Because... I've said this before. Uh, one of the jobs that I actually enjoyed the most was um, I worked in a warehouse years ago. And the reason why I loved it the most was because it was like an eight to five job or something. You get there at eight o'clock in, you know, you're moving, unpacking and packing stuff all day. And then you clock out at four. Um, when you walked out of that building, you didn't get any phone calls. Yeah. Nobody was emailing you or texting you. Like you walked out of that office and you were done. That building, you knew you were done. And and those boundaries were so nice. Yeah. And in so many jobs, you just aren't able to have boundaries like that. Yeah. And every job I had after that, I couldn't have that type of boundary because that wasn't the nature of the work. Yeah. But it was. I didn't appreciate. Uh, I didn't appreciate that. But yeah. So I mean, all those are are pretty solid. I think. I think that's the one that bugged me about after boot camp that bugged me about the military the most like that? the mass sergeant calls the gunny calls the sergeant call, you, you better answer your phone right you know what i'm saying and if you don't, yeah. and every time you get that dude i don't know about you but every time i got that call dude my butthole would pucker a little bit yep. and i was like oh boy what mm -hmm. now yeah yeah, yeah. Like you just knew you were just waiting for something to happen yep. you were waiting for something bad to happen yep yeah i definitely agree with that um 
So, and then turnover rate always tells you a lot, right? Oh, yeah. Like when you see a high turnover rate somewhere, you're like, all right, what's going on over uh, there? Yeah. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. Um, so I definitely think that was a big one. But and then also, um, the, how, wait, let me see if, if I'm missing one. The people not trusting each other too. Yeah. That's where I find the differences between a toxic workplace and the military. Yeah. Like I find all the differences with the signs of a toxic workplace. Because while some of these things are true because they have to be, yeah. like the trust uh, and all that other kind of stuff, you know, I definitely see the opposite being true in the military compared to this. But uh, just just my opinion on it. So the reason why I think we have seen a bit of a resurgence when it comes to a toxic workplace, uh, I think is in part because of the great resignation. Mm -hmm. uh, so the great resignation, I think, I'm sure you've heard of it. It is just the gigantic waves of people that have been quitting their jobs, changing the, the businesses uh, and things that they were doing. Um, and it's been going on for longer than I thought. So I thought that was something that like just started like the past year or two. Mm -hmm. What I found, uh, according to a CNBC article in February of this year, said about 50.5 million people quit their jobs in 2022. And that beat out the 47.8 million that quit in 2020. And that was averaging in 2021 was averaging 4 million people quitting per month, which topped the 2019 average of 3.5 million. So it was already pretty high. I mean, it's still a pretty big jump from yeah, 3.5 yeah. to 4 million and then getting even bigger in 2022. But uh, the great resignation, you know, all of these people quit their jobs at this insanely high rate. Uh, according to the, to an article on SHRM Online, um, 2021 average 4 million people quitting per month, topping the 2019 average of 3.5 million. The year with the lowest monthly average was 2009, which saw around 1.75 million workers quitting each month. Uh, so less than half the 2021 average. Do, uh, do you think, sorry, do you no, think no, that no. was because of the 2008 housing scare like the i think so. i mean yeah. i would i would just guess yeah. just seeing that and then seeing that this happened in you know 2009 yeah 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 but um but yeah so 2010 2011 the only other years with a monthly average below 2 million highlighting the impact of the great recession on workers decision to leave their jobs uh why including health uh Ongoing health concerns, a dire for more a desire for more flexibility in workers switching jobs to take advantage of the strong candidate market. Uh, so that's kind of what I found for that, which all that makes sense. So it's like, and then it created that situation where you could kind of get a job wherever you wanted, almost like almost everybody had a uh, hiring sign, yep. right? So you just kind of go wherever. Um, and you had that opportunity where if you did work somewhere that had that command and control leadership style and you didn't like it, you could make the same amount or more somewhere else. Yeah. So why would people stay for that? You know what I mean? Do you think the, the job, I mean, obviously prior 2020, but the job changing because people are realizing you know, from COVID and like, oh, life's too short. So I'm going to just, you know, do what I want to do and be happy. You think that's kind of a big part of it as well? Or do you really think it is just toxic? 
environments. No, that's probably that's probably a huge part of it yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Because that was still like a traumatic experience for everybody, yeah, right? Yep. And so, depending on your situation, like we both lost parents during the fucking pandemic, man. Yeah. Like everybody came out of it a little different. Yeah. So, like, I could definitely see having a new lease on life a bit, getting through everything that that was now. You know. So, I definitely think that's a that's a really big part of it. Yeah. Um. Now, as far as, you know, working in a toxic workplace, well, we used to think and and have that mentality of like, just suck it up and get over it, deal with it, blah, blah, blah. But now we're starting to understand that other than the fact that it causes us uh, just to be, you know, kind of frustrated or mad, like it causes legitimate health concerns. Yes. Right. By dealing with this shit, being in that fight or flight for like 25 years. Yep. You know what I mean? So what what kind of stuff did you find that, you know, prolonged exposure to toxic workplaces can cause? So on an article on Forbes titled Toxic Workplaces Could <laughs> Could Damage Mental Health, um, Surgeon General warns, chronic stress from a toxic workplace can lead to depression and substance abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, it can lead to interference with sleep and it, it can <laughs> it can cause many other health issues. Ready for this, dude? This is I. I was this. This stat like blew my mind. Well, the other health issues that chronic stress from a work environment can cause: heart disease, diabetes, and cancer. Yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> but here's the thing. Like, I kind of got to give it a no shit because if you're somewhere that you don't want to be, yeah, for eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen hours a day, five days, six days, seven days a week, whatever it is, yeah, I could imagine that if that's where you're at, most of your waking hours and you hate it, yeah, that it is slowly going to destroy you, like on a real level. You know what I mean? Yeah. We just you can't deal with that, you know? Yep. What else did you find? Uh, so there was th- they did a study. Yep. Um where I don't remember how big the study was, but three out of four respondents in an American Psychological Association survey um, said that they have experienced a mental health issue um, due caused from the work. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a 17% increase over the last two years. Oh, wow. Um, so of those people, 84 related the mental health issues to the work right. and 81% reported that they wanted to um, find and start looking for a new job. Yep. Um, so this, obviously this is causing employers to like freak out and change their ways a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, so to provide, so they're starting to provide more benefits for their employees. So for example, four day work weeks, Yeah. which my wife is on a four over the summer. She does a four day work week and she likes it. But then again, they're making her work days are longer now. So instead of an eight hour day, it's a 10 hour day. Right. So it's. I mean, if you got to get 40 hours, then all right, I get it. I think I would rather do four tens, yeah, five eights. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Good uh, to have that whole extra day. Yeah. 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 I, I guess it depends on the work because if you're like a physically demanding job and you just sleep most of the day or you're just chilling yeah. most of the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the kind of. Like Google. And I know that they just like, I think they just laid off like a shit ton of people. Really? But um, I remember seeing them to be one of the first businesses like out in the open that were like really taking care of their employees, it seemed like. Yeah. At least. Like they had sleep pods and shit. And yeah. just like, what? Yep. You know what I mean? Like all of that was uh, crazy to wrap my mind around. But anyway. Um, but the thing too about a toxic workplace is that not only does it affect the people that are working there, but it has a negative effect 
on the business too. Like it's not like it benefits the business because again, the command and control stuff works in certain situations, yep. but that doesn't work for a lot of the ones that we find ourselves in here. And so what did you find about how toxic workplaces can impact the businesses negatively? Um, yeah. So according to the Integrated Benefits Institute, mm-hmm. um, cited by the CDC and the Surgeon General, uh, report U.S. employers have lost $575 billion, billion dollars, um, uh, to lost productivity um, from injuries and chronic Ill- or diseases in the workplace each year. Okay. So it costs, it costs people, it costs businesses five, $575 billion in lost productivity from injuries and chronic diseases, which could yes. have. Very well. I don't know how much of that stems from the uh, the toxic workplace stuff, but I mean, I definitely think it's a big fucking part of it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, just because you have to re, you have to find the people that you're going to hire back, and then you have to train those people, yep. and then all of that takes time that you're going to be losing productivity on. Yep. Much, and it's also costing you to train them. Like, yeah, it's going to hurt you the higher your turnover rate is, and. I would assume most jobs, right? Yeah, that that would make sense. Now, uh, if you have found yourself leaving a toxic workplace, you actually, there are some things that you should do to kind of try to recover. And I didn't think about this, but yeah, I dealt with it too. Because if you leave a toxic workplace and you go somewhere else, you can bring some of those shitty habits to your new place. Yep. If you don't pay attention and if you don't like any other process, like, um, like losing somebody or any other sort of traumatic situation, like going through the grieving stages a little bit, you know what I mean? And like letting yourself deal with everything. So that's kind of what a lot of these uh, recovery tips stem from, I think. But so from an article at indeed.com, one of the first things that you should do recovering from a toxic workplace is take time to recover. If you can, Uh, if you felt undervalued or overworked, look for activities that remind you of your worth intentionally relaxing or working towards your own priorities, which makes a lot of sense. If you did something and you felt undervalued, what you're doing to recover should be something that makes you feel valued. So that, I mean, yeah, it's something that was so simple that I read it and I was like, yeah, that's a really, that's a really good idea. <laughs> um, if it was a physically demanding job, be gentle with your body uh, for the few day, for a few days. See a medical professional if you're worried about anything. If you need to heal, find things that bring you comfort, whether that be pet, uh, a pet, art, a new hobby. Uh, it's important to get yourself into a good headspace before proceeding to the next job. Uh, second thing it suggested, recognizing your worth. If you weren't appreciated, you may not understand your value and worth now. How powerful of a statement is that though, for real? Yeah. It's like, yeah, man, if you weren't appreciated somewhere yep. and you started saying this super negative shit to yourself for years or however long you were in that a a relationship, whether it be with a person or a toxic workplace, like you're going to leave and you don't realize what you have achieved, whatever that is during that time, because you're still being so negative to yourself. It's like, that was really good. That one can be like, that one can have a really long lasting effect too, because that one can take a long time to recover from. Yeah, I'm still like there, you know, there was times where in the military, like, oh, you're overweight, you're fat, dude. I'm still battling that to this day. Like that. And that I got out, what? It's been seven years now. And and this has, I'm not saying this has anything to do with you, but I just wanted to bring up that 
one thing that reminded me of is I've learned working in the mental health side of things and dealing with veterans and everything like that, that like um, eating disorders and stuff yep. are way, 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 way more prominent than anyone ever thought. Oh, yeah. In the dude. military. Oh. We had that episode with Emily on here. Yeah. And she talked about it too. But like, yeah. So, I mean, what, and I bring that up because it's like, yeah, you're not the only, you know, you're not the only one that felt that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. But yeah, so um, recognizing your worth is so important. Um, if you need help recognizing your worth, write down a list of strengths and accomplishments, starting with positive character traits that have helped you succeed in both work and life, uh, list projects you've completed, obstacles you've overcome. Uh, you can use that list to add to your resume. I think that's very important to do every once in a while to help recognize your worth. You know what I mean? And I think I, I told you before, I did something similar to this kind of once and without knowing it. So I'd, um, received, I've been real thankful and lucky enough to be nominated for like awards here and there doing nonprofit stuff. And I've gotten those awards. And what I did was I kept them in a drawer for the longest time. And I just kept them in a drawer. Cause for me, I just, I didn't feel like having them out. I just felt like that's just, I don't know, that's not my style. Yeah. And so I just decided to put them in this drawer. And the reason why was because every once in a while I could open up the drawer. If I was like having a down day, and I could look at it and I could be like, all right, like I've done stuff, some stuff, you know what I mean? I've accomplished some things because it's, it's easy to forget your worth. Oh yeah. And it's so important to be able to re remind yourself and recognize yourself of your worth. So I really liked, I really liked that tip. Um, review what you've learned. So think about why and what you experienced uh, and why you left and, and why it was harmful. Consider if it was a temporary situation because of one person or project. Uh, if so, think about how you can avoid that environment in the future, uh, maybe by asking better questions during your next interview or talking to prospective coworkers uh, before taking your next job. If it was a systemically negative environment, try to understand if it was a company policy or office culture norm. And then understanding these things can help you know what to look for the next time, whether you're looking for a job or in a management position yourself. So like, yeah, just really review the situation, analyze it, think about it. What could you have done better? What was out of your control? And, and that's all we can do in life yeah. is just try to think about something wrong we've done and what we could have done better. You know what I mean? Or whatever situation we got out of just trying to understand how we could better deal with it in the future. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's hard to get there and from a, like a mental headspace way, because if you're at somewhere so long where someone's belittling you for such a long time, it's really yeah. hard to get into that spot you're right. where you're like, yeah, I can do this. I'm good. I'm worthy. You're right. Yeah. So I think like, yeah, these are great steps, but it, again, a lot hard. easier oh, said yeah. than done. Yeah. No, that's very true. But, yeah. Um, Another another thing to do, another step for recovery, decide who to keep. So think about who you liked working with. Try to connect with them if possible over an email, social profile, and then maintain a relationship with them outside of work. Um, they might also be able to provide a letter of recommendation for you in the future. Uh, so, yeah, that was the biggest one. You know, again, military. Come yep. back to the military. Like, I have dudes that I served with that I could hit up right now, and we haven't talked in years and, it, and we would hit the ground running like we saw each other yesterday. Yep. You know what I mean? Like you have that, you know who your your people are. Oh, yeah. And then the great thing about the military culture is you get to meet those people, I feel like, pretty quick. You get to meet a lot of those people. Oh, yeah. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I definitely agree and, and see why that's an important thing. 
recovery step five, decide on a good attitude. Again, easier said than done, but extremely important to move forward with a fresh perspective. Perspective, uh, you have to have a positive attitude. You can develop that attitude through practice and reminding yourself of your past accomplishments and future opportunities. So, like, yeah, uh, it's super hard to do, but that's why you have to practice it. Oh, yeah. That's why you have to be mindful about it because it's not just going to happen naturally all the time. You have to think about it, practice it, uh, and, and decide on having that good attitude. Uh, number six, make a plan. So you may want to find a new job if you were able. Uh, so prioritize companies with healthy office cultures and a better job environment if you can. Read online reviews. Reach out to current employees. With online reviews, I feel like you it's – it's always going to be hit or miss. I don't yeah. think, you know what I mean? Because you never know. Yeah, that's. I feel that about like best. any review though. Yeah. Like, it, like review of a movie. Like reviews are opinion based really. So I mean. I care more about the stars in certain situations like with Amazon. Yeah. I'm like a review whore. Like I will just <laughs> go through, I will spend too much time because I'm looking through reviews. And if the general consensus is like, 4.5 stars out of like 90,000 people. Yeah. Like, okay, that's probably pretty legit. Yeah, yeah, You know what yeah. I mean? So like in certain situations, I'm going to listen to a review. That's but, fair. Yeah. But yeah, and when it comes to like what your experience was working for a place, there's so many variables that come into play there. Yes. It makes it difficult for me to just take reviews at face value. Like, yeah. It's kind of hard. But yeah, yeah. anyway, um, if the issue with your previous job was the work itself, consider a different position in the same industry or a different industry altogether. Yeah. You have to figure out what it was that made that job toxic. And if it was the work itself, then maybe you got into a job you shouldn't have been doing. Yep. You know, you should be doing something else. Um, this won't guarantee that everything will be perfect. So you have to set personal boundaries. Decide what is important to you in a workplace and what you find unacceptable. Write down those boundaries so you can follow through with them and evaluate your own professional behavior. Try to think objectively about what you have the power to influence and how you use your own power. Because, yeah, you might have something to do with it, too. <laughs> it's always a possibility, right? Yeah, it might be a you problem. It might be a you problem. Yeah. <laughs> so you also have to kind of look at yourself a little bit and make sure that you're not being a dick or yeah. and you're not contributing to the situation. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I can see why that's important. And then find positive influences and mentors. So consider finding a professional mentor uh, in your industry who has a leadership role uh, with a, with a, maybe your company or another healthy company. Listen to positive podcasts, follow leaders in your industry with good outlook. At your new job, build yourself a system of support by intentionally connecting with coworkers. Yeah, you're going to like your job if you like the people you work with. Oh, so like yeah. jumping over that hurdle is a difficult one, especially for me when I first got back. Yeah. Because I just didn't know if I could like be myself or whatever. So I always had like a weird relationship with my coworkers. I Do think. you still feel that way? Even sometimes. So many years. I'm just, I don't know, dude. Sometimes I'm just socially awkward. Yeah. I, you know? I still feel, I'm like, do I act? Cause I'm like, I, yeah, yep. I worked with you. <laughs> yep. So I might've been giving you 50% me, but I wasn't giving you 75. Yeah. It might be for good reason. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think I still deal with it just because again, that social awkward thing. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I think I, I find myself getting more awkward the older I get. Right? Like, I feel like I'm just like weird. I lean like into it a little. Because <laughs> as you're getting older, it's fine. Because you get to that level of old man that I'm psyched for, which is just, I don't give a shit about anything. Yeah. Just saying whatever I want, just doing what I want. <sighs> and if people are looking at me and they're like, what the hell is that dude's problem? I just don't care. That's, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's a good spot to be at. That's how I bet Bill Murray feels every day. Like, he um, looks like he's hit that. I don't give a shit about anything thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He seems happy for it. 
at least I think. Yeah. Um, so after you kind of go through any of those steps, if you can, uh, maintain your positive attitude and professionalism. You never know who you're going to run into in the future and where they will be. Oh my God. Yes. hundred percent. Yes. With that. Yeah. You never know where your life is taking you and who's going to cross your path again. Right. And life has a weird way of bringing people up sometimes that you never thought you would run into again. Yes. You know what I mean? And yes. like just the other day I had a, I had a guy, um, that came through our organization a veteran and we n served in Iraq with the same dude. And he, this guy is from out of state and the other guy is from out of state. And it's like, how the fuck is that even possible? And it's just so weird to see how, how big the world is and how small it is. Yes. But if you, there's no way barring the, the death of somebody that you can really be 100% sure death or imprisonment, like that you're not going to run into somebody again. If you, even if you have a problem with them, they're your manager or if you, if they're your employee, that could happen either way. You yeah. never know who you're going to run into again, which is very humbling as it should be. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely agree with, I definitely agree with that. Um, maintain standards, maintain your boundaries. You have to set boundaries for a reason and you have to practice maintaining them. Otherwise you'll just, you could forget about it and then give back in and kind of backslide a bit and then use your experience to look out for other people. So I definitely think this is important when it comes to you becoming a manager, you being a leader of any kind. Yeah. You have to remember the shitty leaders you had before you and what they did. Yes. <laughs> and then don't do that. <laughs> yep. And then don't do those things. And I'll never, one of the stories that I, like when I was in a management position that this happened to me was at the last job at Certipro. So I loved working for Certipro. I had a great experience there, obviously. And I'm not saying that because the owner is a buddy of mine. I genuinely enjoyed my time there. And I would I would argue that to anybody. And we actually, unfortunately, lost a painter that we worked at, we worked with. Um, and I just, I went to his funeral uh, a couple couple of days ago. Uh, so I had a, have a close relationship with him, right? And so when I was working there, we hired, I'm not going to use her name, but we hired this 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 woman who... I had dealt with in customer service and like different spaces. And I always thought she did a phenomenal job. And when we needed a salesperson, I was like, that's the person. So we reached out and she was looking for a job and she came on board. So she was working for us. And now I was working for Cerner Pro Painters. And my job was kind of to manage the jobs that were happening, like residentially, just making sure everything's going good. If there's any issues or whatever. I might have to go out there, make sure everything's okay, figure it out. And so we had an issue on a job and it was one of hers. And we had to go take a look at it. And I was going to go with her together. And it was on Saturday morning. So she reaches out to me on like Thursday night or Friday night before. And she just says, Hey, I just want you to know, um, she, she had, a um, someone in her family, uh, a very significant medical emergency in her family. Yeah. And she was just like, Hey, I know that we have to meet up Saturday morning. Um, I'm still going to come. no. Sorry, we didn't have the meeting set yet for Saturday morning. We had it set for Saturday. And she reached out to me to tell me that because she was like, I'm still going to come to this, but is there any possible way we could schedule it in the morning so I could try to get up there right after because the rest of her, her family was leaving like that day or something. And I was just like, just go. Yeah. Just go. Like what? I was mad, not at her, but at the fact that, Somebody dealing with a serious medical emergency or, or whatever 
traumatic experience that's happening in their life, like they have to feel bad about it. Yeah. They have to immediately feel bad about it. And they're like, this thing that happened that's completely outside of their control just happened. And now they get hit with the guilt because they're dealing with it. And they have to explain it to you, their boss, because they're afraid that you're going to take it out on them and make them feel fucking bad about it. Like that's what makes me mad about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, this is work. We will figure it out. It'll be fine. Like, go be with your family. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yep. you have to take any experiences you've been given in your life and use it to look out for other people. That's the fucking point. Like, that's what wisdom is, right? So, uh, yeah, I definitely think that that's incredibly important. Uh, but there could be a situation in which you were working for a toxic workplace and you couldn't leave. Right. Yep. And so what are some of the things that you find? I know you said you find a list of things. What are some yeah. of the things you can do to deal with working for a toxic workplace if you can't leave? Yeah. So these, these are very like, again, easier said than done. Right. Yeah, Cause when right. you're in this situation, it's very tough, but, um, on indeed, they gave you 17 ways to cope with a toxic workplace. Nice. Um, so number one, find a support group. Yep. I highly recommend that. I'm Hell in a couple yeah. support groups. I think it's awesome. Yep. I, Go for We're it. We're a support group together. Yeah. Woo yep. <laughs> um, number two, find a way to unwind. Alcohol is not always the right answer, right? There's ways to unwind. Ways. Yeah. yeah. Um, number three, uh, stay, stay positive. Again, that's tough, man. It's yeah. tough to stay positive. Number yeah. four, meditate. Highly recommend that one. Um, number, number five, tune everything out. Eh. Kind of goes hand in hand with meditating for me. Yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. I think that's good. Or also, um, like working out. Yeah. You know, yep. you can put your headphones on, tune everything out. Yeah. like that. Uh, leave work at work. That's a good one. Don't, God. don't, if you can. If you can. If you can. <laughs> if you can. That's like 15% of the world, I feel like. Now. Yeah. Like if you're, if you bag groceries, I could see you leaving and then get a phone call like, hey, we're short on bags. Like, do you know where the other bags are? Like, they might, you could still get phone calls. Like, yeah. no matter what, you're accessible now. That's and true. And that sucks. But if you have the ability to leave work at work, <sighs> that is such a beautiful thing. I yeah. Think, you know? Yeah. Mm. Avoid uh, the office gossip around the water fountain. Like the water, you know, like the water fountain still things. I mean, like the water jug. I don't know. Is it like the water jug? The water cup and, bottle filler stations. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Like the we're just making way too much work for ourselves. <laughs> water was just fine before. Yeah, yeah. right. But yeah, uh, gossip. It gossip can be. I feel like super detrimental to productivity. Just starting shit. Yeah, you know, internally talking shit about other people. Like, oh yeah, I, I understand it from the perspective of it like passes the time, but now seeing the ramifications of what that can lead to. It's oh like, yeah, you know, maybe we just not do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> find the humor in every situation. Oh, Eric Peterson, how you doing? Hey, saying, that's me, buddy. I was yep. a big big fan of that one. Yep. Big fan of that one. Um, take a break. Mm -hmm. uh, know that you can only control. Your actions and your reactions. Mm -hmm. So you can't control what else other people do. Um, look for inspiration. Mm -hmm. Remind yourself it is not, uh, not it, and excuse me, remind yourself that your work is not a reflection of who you are as a person. That's important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, make daily task lists. Um, so make it easier for yourself to, um, to complete tasks and take your mind off of like the daunting oh my gosh, I have to do all of this type of stuff at work. Mm -hmm. um, regain your identity. 
Um, so find who you are. Um, go for a walk. You know, like find your self worth, like you had talked about earlier. Um, keep positive messages and notes on your desk. Mm-hmm. Uh, surround yourself with positive coworkers, and worst case scenario, leave your job. Yeah, if if that's doable morale super important yeah morale is always important at every workplace and i feel like it's weird that there's not more of an emphasis on morale they should you know what they should do in the civilian side of life mandatory fun days oh <laughs> oh my god I, you said mandatory fun days and i was thinking of like a way more traumatic situation so mandatory fun days is probably better it's just probably oh yeah way better but no Oh, I mean, on the civilian side, they do have mandatory fun days. Like anytime you have to start, like um, uh, celebrate a birthday party at yeah. an office, right? It's just like, oh, happy birthday, Janice. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? It's well, kind of like forced. <laughs> yeah, those things are kind of forced, I think. But um, the whole thing, too, like with with what you just mentioned. I mean, finding the humor. Yeah. In everything, I feel like it's so necessary. Oh, yeah. It's the only, like, it, not the only, but it's one of the biggest things that, are, that have helped me yeah. cope with transitioning in the civilian world, with the loss of my mom, with any traumatic situation yep. that's happened to me. I've been able to use humor, like, so this was like a week after, uh, and side note, sort of, like, the one thing that I would do when I was in my worst spots right after le- losing my mom, do you yeah. know what I would watch? Norm McDonald YouTube clips. Do you ever watch Norm McDonald? Uh, you ever watched him? I, I like stand up stuff or just any of any his? of it. His interviews on Conan O'Brien, yeah, are some of the funniest things in my opinion that exist in on this observable universe. And like in as terrible of a place as I was, I would like play that and it would still fucking make me laugh. Yeah. And then I would just be happy knowing that I still have my fucking sense of humor. Yeah. You know what I mean? But using that humor. And then so I was like doing that and I was watching those videos and oh that's why that, that came up in my head was because Peanut was next to me and he started like coughing. And the first thing I thought of was like, I'm going to lose my mom and my dog in the same fucking week. And like, I laughed a little bit to myself. And then because I was able to make that joke to myself, I kind of pat myself on the back. Like, all right, dude, we're going to figure this out. You know what I mean? Like you're doing okay. But yeah, sorry. Were you going to say something? No, um, I was just going to (laughs) say, I think being able to, I thank the military for that, man. Being able yes. to make a joke and everything. Yep. I, I think, I really do think that is because of the military. So in any other situation, this would be, uh, I think, described as fairly toxic. But so when I was in boot camp, Fort Benning, Georgia, home of the infantry, uh, somebody left their fucking wall locker unlocked once. <gasps> no. Yeah. Oh, boy. So we were doing whatever all day. We come back, and I'm not shitting with you. If you've never seen... A barracks style sort of thing, boot camp style thing. Just think of a super long room with beds uh, stacked on top of each other all the way on the sides and then like an empty middle place. Uh, And the middle place, the middle zone was like taped off and it was called the kill zone. And like you didn't fucking go out there. You never walked out in the kill zone, right? So what we found was all of our bunks were dismantled. The mattresses were in the showers. Showers. Turned on all of our laundry bags 
in the kill zone, opened up shit everywhere, mixed up with everybody else's. You're all wearing the same shit. It's going to take you forever. It doesn't matter if your name's written on it or not. It's going to take you forever to find all your shit. And all of the wall lockers tipped over (laughs) and everything was out of the wall lockers. We walked in there and I remember this like it was yesterday. I walked in with my guys. We saw everything (laughs) just like the wall lockers everything in the middle the bathroom had bed sticking out of it and we heard the showers running and somebody said yep mattresses are back here and i looked at everybody and just said i'm not gonna lie this is impressive right like (laughs) and and we all started laughing everybody started laughing we got the shit smoked out of us yeah but like it's so important to be able to deal with some of the like with just terrible shit yeah and take it on the chin and be able to laugh about something. Because I feel like that is being that is conquering yourself yeah. in that moment. No matter how terrible of a situation it is, you're like, fuck you. I'm still going to find a way to laugh at this. So, I mean, yes, I, I definitely, definitely credit the military for oh. that. I love that. Yes. Um, okay, so as far as some of our experiences with toxic workplaces, I mean, we kind of mentioned them a little bit already. I mentioned yeah. what I saw from, like, the management side. Um, I definitely... What I also notice is like people don't realize that they've been in a toxic work environment until they leave and go to a different environment. So situation I have um, right now, you know, that outside of working for Project Headspace and Timing, I work for a treatment facility. And in working for a treatment facility, I have to uh, travel sometimes and talk to uh, VAs and all sorts of other shit, right? And so they have to have an expense system. And so they sent me a card so I could expense my mileage. And now the last company I worked for that made me do this was on top of me where I had to, you know, track every single mile I traveled. And they were like just breathing down. Like their expenses had to be perfect. Right. And so I have anxiety about like just turning in my expenses to make sure they were done right. And then I go to this company that I'm working for now and I ask the guy, my boss, like, hey, you know, so how do you want me to do this? Do you want me to fill up before I leave and then drive and then fill up after I get there? So you see how much gas I burn that can track the miles or whatever. And he just goes, dude, I don't micromanage. He's like, just if you need gas, get gas. And I was just like, Oh, okay. And their expenses are always on time. And I've worked for companies where they never were. And like, I would, I had anxiety about asking for promotional stuff for certain things because they other companies have given me shit about it. You know what I mean? And when you don't have that toxic relationship anymore, you're expecting it in your new relationships. If you don't fucking do something about it before then, you know what I mean? And I carry that with me. So I definitely felt that, um, I hate how, and I feel like a lot of toxic workplaces have kind of forced this onto some people, myself included, but it's like, Dude, you feel bad if you're a working parent and your kids are sick and it affects your work somehow. Yep. Then all of a sudden you're like, oh, now I'm a piece of shit because something happened completely outside of my control that's affecting my family that I should be more concerned about. But instead, I'm just giving myself shit because I'm going to make my work mad. Yep. You know what I mean? Like that's ah, I hate that. Yeah. And I understand how easy it is to get frustrated. I simply put just the lack of productivity by somebody not being there today. But if that's your family, man, go be with your family. You know what I mean? Like 
Go take care of your kids. I can be frustrated, and I've done this before if we were really far behind in something. Like, I could be frustrated with the situation. Yep. But if I'm ever frustrated with the situation, I try to make a point to say that I'm frustrated at the situation, not at you. Yep. <laughs> I understand there's nothing you can do about this. I'm frustrated because the situation exists. But there's nothing we can do about it, and I'm, I understand that. But it's okay for me to feel that. And I want to talk it out with you so I can get better. You know what I mean? But, yeah, I... um. That's kind of, I, I, I hate how people always feel so bad when yeah. they have to call off or something because their kids are sick. Those are your kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, what have been your experiences? Um, so my first one, I had a job in high school. Um, I didn't really think about this until we were like talking about it. Yeah. Um, dude, they had me scheduled 30, like 38 and a half, 39 hours a week yeah. at 16 years old. Yeah. Like, like you're not full time. Yeah. Yeah. But, dude, it got so bad, I had to bring my books and study for finals. Yeah. On my breaks. Yep. Um, I got suspended for that, by the way. Not from school, from from work. For studying? Yeah. On your break? Yeah, like for studying, because I brought my book back. How old were you? 16. Weren't there, were there laws against that, or no? I don't know. I, I just I just remember working a shit ton when yeah. I was a kid. I assumed I worked, I mean, as much as I could, considering I was going to school, but... yeah. Excuse me, I don't know how many hours. So yeah, you were going to school. Was, yeah, like and just, also working 40, 40 hours a week. Oh uh, no, no, 39. 39. 39, hours <laughs> 39. A week. Yep, yep. And I, were I you brought making sneakers. What were you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what were you just, doing? You're just a local. Okay. Just, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh and then I uh I remember I uh, I played baseball and so I was like, Hey, I can only work Sundays during baseball season. <laughs> and dude, they lost their shit. They oh really? Like, yeah, they weren't happy about that. Um <sighs> I try to think. Yeah. What was that? Is that the most toxic workplace you've ever worked for? Um, as far as work goes, yeah. But yeah. then I have like like boot camp was pretty. <laughs> I mean, come on, yeah. boot camp was pretty. Dude, I I'll, I'll never forget this. I was standing uh at boot camp for those of you who don't know. You have to like stand night watch and night guard and stuff. And yep. I was standing duty and and a drill instructor walks in. And he goes, "Oh, you're a pudgy little fucker, aren't you?" And I said, "No, sir." And he goes, "Yes, sir." And I go, "No, sir." And then he pokes my stomach and he goes, "Fucking do it, bitch." And I go, I sir. So he pokes my stomach in and I go, hoo-hoo. Oh. <laughs> but see, here's the thing. You're telling me this yeah. and you're laughing about it. it. It's hilarious. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's the thing about the military. When Even when you get fucked with, it's yeah. still funny. Yes. Like usually. Like <laughs> yeah. Because not only that was I laugh, or yeah. I was trying not to laugh. The people, oh, yeah. I can hear the other recruits in the background cracking up and laughing yep. and um, but the thing with the thing with the military is it doesn't transition very well to the civilian side. Yeah, that command and control mentality for yeah, sure. Yeah, right? yeah. Because I, I don't know for you, but speaking for myself, when it comes to someone who has authority over me, whatever they say, that's how it goes. And it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter what it is. If they tell me to do something, I do it. it, it and I, I, dude, I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's the military or something happening in my childhood, but dude, I, I, I can't shake Any that. combination of things. Yeah. Because like, I almost have the opposite in a way. Yeah. Like, not a, I'm a big tough guy, I don't need to listen to you thing, but I just don't trust authority most of the time. Yeah. When I, when something comes down for me to do, I start, I feel like I start picking it apart a little bit in my head and I'm like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. So I, I think I got pushed a little bit the other way, but mm -hmm. I, I understand how either things could happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then again, just coming back and um, not being able to deal with 
how there isn't really a command and control yeah. structure in a lot of places, then it leaves your mind spinning because you're like, well, how do I deal with any of this stuff? Because that was the world that I knew too. Yeah. Right? And it's almost like your like your purpose is gone too. Yes. You and, know what I mean? And then also when you some of the things that you talked about for a toxic workplace, like where people make fun of you and you feel like you're ter- like a, you know, uh, you just I forget what you said exactly, but it was just that's a, that's fucking boot camp to a T because in boot camp, I feel like it's one of the few training courses you can go to where somebody might try to kill themselves during training. Yes. And if someone does try to kill themselves during training, you're going to take their bootstraps or their fucking um, bootlaces yep. and their belt. Yep. And everybody's going to make fun of them. And like, that's what happens when you try to kill yourself in boot camp. Yep. I feel like. Yep. And so, yeah, that's a. <laughs> Sort of a toxic situation. Could be a different uh, excuse me, situation, I guess. But like, uh, that you know. Yeah. Because it, it's pushing that from last episode, toxic masculinity. Yep. Like, fuck you. You're a pussy. Whatever. Yep. You know? And then it 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 comes back to bite us in the ass. Did, did you have any nicknames at boot camp? Like, did your journal instructors call you anything? I think... I think I told you I was a gray man for a long time, but oh, yeah. drill sergeants never called me that because I never did anything that great or anything that bad. I was right there in the fucking middle where I like to be. Um, but other than that, because like when you got out and you were overseas, got out of boot camp, you were overseas or whatever, like you would get nicknames. Guys got nicknames over there, but they usually got nicknames because they fucked up. It was never as cool as in the movies, like cowboy and animal <laughs> or fucking whatever. Like it's always something because they fuck something up. Yeah. But um, yeah. no. So no, the only <sighs> nickname I had was my name shortened Pete, Petey. Oh, lucky you. Like, why? What my uh, my senior journal instructor thought I looked like Penguin from the Batman. Um, Danny DeVito? He, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So every time he saw me, he'd be like, Penguin, hit it. And I'd have to go. <laughs> oh, that's not terrible. Every though. single time. That's not terrible. Uh, yeah, uh, it's just, dude. I don't. But so you laugh. I do. You it's, laugh because yeah. it's still funny. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I don't know. And even despite all those things, like I still miss it so much. Not so so much. I miss it sometimes. I miss the boot camp. I miss boot camp sometimes. <sighs> Actually, the more I say that statement, I start to regret it. I don't yeah. know if I miss boot camp at all. I miss the. I miss the. The togetherness, the brotherhood, the embracing the suck together. Embracing a mutual suck, I think, is also so important. And honestly, the only way you can truly build a team fast, I guess, I'd say, by giving them some obstacle that they have to tackle together, which is why I think workplaces that are trying to fight having a toxic workplace want to do those employee retreats. And stuff like that, because they're yeah. trying to do something positive. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Other than that, before I get to we're fine, did you have anything else you wanted to wanted to say about a toxic workplace or any other history you had with a toxic workplace? No, man. I think we covered what to do. Good, good chunk of it. Yeah. I think we got everything pretty good. Yeah. Um, so we wanted to end today's episode with. Uh, a segment that we talked about, We Are Fine, uh, which is where we ask some of our listeners to tell us about any stories they might have in dealing with what the topic is of that episode. So we put out there, uh, if people could, you know, if any listeners could send us any stories of any times they dealt with a toxic workplace, uh, did not disappoint. Got a couple of good ones. One shorter, one is pretty long. Uh, so the first one from just sign J. 
uh, I left a public service job a few years ago due, due to a toxic work environment. The company laid off several staff members in my final two years, so staffing was short, and all the remaining employees picked up extra responsibilities without ever receiving the pay raises upper management promised. Upper management um, at this company played favorites. They often asked company employees to go against the ethics of their profession. This created a strained work culture. Employees didn't know what to expect, and they were often ridiculed for refusing to perform duties that were against ethics. Being in that environment gave me both anxiety and depression. My mental health has improved significantly after leaving. Keep up the good work, Jay. Um, so when you when staffing gets short, I think a lot of places saw this. Yeah. And then the remaining p- employees have to pick up the extra responsibilities yep. that don't necessarily receive the uh, pay raise. Yep. And then the company sees that, oh, this person can do that extra shit. And then now you just do that extra shit. Like, I see that happen a lot. And it's so easy to see how that situation could, like, how someone could get put in that situation. But it's so hard because if you are a hardworking type of, I mean, if you're just somebody like the people that I know and I'm around, you're going to do the extra work because you care about the company. Oh, you care about the job. You care about whatever. And then you find yourself in this place that you've unfortunately got yourself in out of the kindness of your heart where you're doing too much work for not enough money. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so I understood that one. Uh, and then the last one, a little bit of a long one. Hey, I'm fine, fam. Here are some toxic workplace stories that you might want to share. Um, and the, this one was signed anonymous with a... Uh, story one, I had worked in a call center for a health insurance company. They monitor call volume and how many calls were taken in a day. I was the type of person who took extra time on the call, trying to resolve their issues uh, instead of the caller having to do all the legwork and keep calling back. And because of this, they monitored me closely. Anytime you weren't on the phone, you had to put yourself out of the queue and it can only be used, uh, or it can only be done for certain reasons like a bathroom break, lunch, etc. So I went to the bathroom and was gone for 10 minutes. A manager came into the bathroom calling for me, asking if I was in the bathroom. I called back out and said yes. And they replied back, well, you have been away from your phone and in the bathroom for 10 minutes now. And I replied back, yes, that's because I'm using the bathroom. I put my two weeks in uh, a day later. (laughs) So yeah, uh, like you're in the bathroom for 10 minutes. Yeah. I guess I get it. 10 minutes is sort of... A longer I, time, maybe. I, I don't know. But if you're checking how long I'm in the bathroom for. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I'm fucking looking for another job. Yeah. Just understand that I'm looking for another job. Yeah, yeah. Story two, I work for a family-owned business. Wife was the HR manager, husband plant manager. The wife and husband were both very toxic in the workplace. This job gave me PTSD when it came to calling off. They had a point system that the HR manager did not use on herself. Some examples of what made them so toxic. Uh are as follows. Uh, The HR manager would try to pin office staff against office staff. She would talk poorly about someone and then try to shun them out until she felt like a better person to the point where it might have taken them weeks until they spoke again. Uh, The plant manager would speak ill of his wife when she was gone, calling her names that you would hope a husband wouldn't say about his wife. He would also pick on everyone in the office, and if you made fun of him, he would get easily offended and then, quote, jokingly, quote, threaten to fire you. Uh, There was a longtime employee who was also a lead who asked a few hours in advance if he could leave 15 minutes early to pick up his daughter from school to get her to an appointment on time. The HR manager said, sure, but that it would be half of a point. 
we had a point system on attendance. He couldn't afford a half point, so he said he would just have to figure it out. She then made a nasty comment after him, uh, after he left, and said, well, I'm done for the day. I'm going to be late for a nail appointment. Mind you, she paid herself a full-time salary, but was only scheduled to work two to three days a week. She came in an hour late, left early all the time. No one really complained, and she wasn't there enough. We dreaded the days that she did work. Uh, I called off once because my child was sick. Uh, when I came back the next day, the manager was avoiding me all day. I wasn't sure what I did. I asked the office staff what happened, and they said that the manager spent all day looking through her files to find anything that that was done wrong so they could be angry with her. Uh, when they couldn't find anything, they just made a new process uh, that nothing, that anything uh, I ordered that was over $1,000 would require approval. Mind you, everything we ordered was always over that amount before. Um, so, ugh. and then it says the tipping point for me <laughs> Uh, was when the temp agency they used brought in snacks for the employees. Uh, the plant manager was very upset with the temp agency at the time. Instead of distributing the snacks to the employees and temps, he saved the boxes of snacks in the office and ate them on a daily basis or brought them home to his family. Um, which I don't know that I guess it's a perk of the job. I mean, if somebody brought you stuff, it's like give this to your employees and you're like, okay. And then you keep it. I don't know how often that happens. Hey, <laughs> I, dude, that that sounds like a horrible place to work. Yep. That yeah, sounds yeah. awful. Yep. See, I think the issue, husband and wife, dude. I, I don't think yeah. that there needs to be a. Uh, could because you if work you're going with your wife, could I work with my wife? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Look at you. What yeah. a good husband. Oh, I, just, I could too. I love her so and much. I would be happy about it. Yeah. And I would sing <laughs> show tunes from morning till night. No, yep. I think I think as long as there was no like. I'm your boss. Like if we just were coworkers. Oh my God. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because that's but, a different dynamic. Yeah. 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 And how do you have that dynamic safely within the constraints of these walls? Yeah. But then not when you walk out. Yeah. 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 yeah that's hard. Yeah, yeah. I agree. That would be the, the biggest yeah. issue. Um, story three, I worked in a home healthcare agency in the office. I was responsible for scheduling. However, if we couldn't find someone to cover a shift, it was my responsibility to do so. Before I took the job, they said it rarely happens. I quickly learned it happened almost on a daily basis. I was an hourly employee, not allowed overtime. Overtime taken would require me to leave early or come in late. However, I was forced into doing unpaid overtime, which I also know is an issue with, with I've heard from some of my other friends at places too, unpaid overtime. My boss told me once because I was so busy during the day covering for shifts, I wasn't able to get my responsibilities done in the office. She told me that I could come in at 2 a.m. to work in the office when it's quiet and then leave by 8 to go home, then nap and come back in in the afternoon. Mind you, I was also seven months pregnant at the time when she told me this. Uh, and her schedule was 8 to 5. So she was supposed to work 8 to 5 and then and then go and then go back and she went eight to five worked was asked to come back at 2 a.m to 8 a.m like i don't i don't know i don't know dude that's i don't even understand that like my my brain just shit itself trying to that again. <laughs> that's, that's unreal um and then story four jeez who, i i feel I, for this person I, man i was a man <laughs> good golly. i was a manager worked 24 7 7 i just had a baby was dealing with postpartum depression 
It was after hours and I was home uh, trying to nurse my baby. My boss called me to talk to me about my work performance. He said my head wasn't in the right place. I told him with tears in my eyes that I was dealing with postpartum depression and haven't been sleeping because my newborn's been sick a lot. He told me he didn't know what postpartum was and it sounded like it was something I needed to get a handle on. He told me, shape up or ship out. So I did just that and left. Months after I left, he called me to check in. He asked me if I would consider coming back and why I left. I told him not right now. Though I loved the job, I didn't care for being treated the way that I was. I told him everything he did. He apologized, and we have remained friends since then. So there is a silver lining. Um, I will say the most common toxic workplace issues I've seen are bullying, especially with females. Management. <sighs> Women can be a little ruthless. Let's be real. Like, I get that. Yep. I feel like guys will just maybe duke it out and then it'll be done. But yeah, um, management enforcing rules and policies they don't follow always pissed me off. I hate that, dude. Do as I say, not as I do. Like, I get that there's a place for that in the command and control leadership style. But everywhere else, if you're that type of person, I feel like most likely your employees are just telling you to go fuck yourself when you walk away. Like, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Do as I say, not as I do. Never a fan of that. Um Companies misusing funds, giving bonuses to managers only after they would announce they didn't do well enough in the year for everyone else to get a bonus. Um, that sounds like the government to me, but whatever. <laughs> companies not addressing safety concerns due to the budget or not having time, <laughs> not addressing safety concerns. So, like, you just got a bunch of, like, loose wires that are hanging and sparks are coming off. And they're just like, ah, I got to gotta get out of here in about 15 minutes. I don't think we have time to fix this. Like, what is that? I don't even know what that means. CEOs who make double the amount of the staff that that's directly under them and not being present in the office and the workload falls back on the staff that that is there and they're not even making half of the CEO. I mean, that's that's one that I could go either way on because I don't know what kind of stress that CEO is under, what kind of work they do. Do they do their work during the day? Is it at night? I mean, right. there's a lot of other factors for that. I don't know. I do agree that if the pay gap is so huge and it doesn't seem like the person that's in charge is doing any work, which I've also seen, right. yeah, that's a fucking problem. For sure. But I'm not saying that that's always the case. You know what I mean? Yep. yep. Um, sexual harassment, for sure. If it happens, oh, it happens, especially with older men, they will use the excuse, and my generation was okay to say that. Now I get in trouble for saying you can't wear those pants around me. Yeah. That's creepy. Super creepy. That's so creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, yeah. I'm just like picturing an old, like, uh, back in my day. <laughs> and because it was okay during the time, because when you think about it, it sounds so terrible to say that. You know what I mean? Dude, it's just know, like I'm asking for it. I don't I don't think older generations can use that as an excuse anymore. Like back when I was younger. Like it doesn't matter, I, dude. I hope that that's the case. But I mean the proof in the pudding will be when we get older to <sighs> see if we're able to adapt also. You know, we got to hold ourselves just as accountable, that's right? That's true. So that's I don't true. know. I mean, again, they are – Everybody's a product of their environment. While I'm not condoning any sort of shitty behavior, like it's not like I don't understand why they do it. Yeah, I'm not saying it's okay, but I understand where it comes from, and it, should it be corrected? Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just such a gross, yeah, weird thing. Like we said in the toxic masculinity episode. Like I just when I think of like catcalling, you know, that 1920s construction <laughs> worker, it's like you know what I mean. Yeah, and it's just it's a weird vibe that it gives yeah, off. Yeah, dude, and I've never felt that confident where I could say something uh, like that to a woman and they'd just be like. Yeah, I definitely don't want to slap the shit out of this guy yeah. right now. You know what I mean? Well, so, I don't. I don't understand the end 
like the end goal of that? Like why? Like for what? I don't, well, because you think that it's going to get you somewhere, but it just doesn't seem like, you know, that's how it works anymore. Yeah. It gets so, you to a sexual harassment lawsuit. Yes, it does. <laughs> um, and some red flags to look for. So cars in the parking lot, if you see more rundown vehicles, you might know that they don't pay a livable wage. <laughs> Not a bad. <laughs> I, I mean that that can go. Both. Not a bad observation. Also, <laughs> you're just like, eh. oh, yeah. that's. Funny. I mean, if you saw a parking lot with a bunch of Mercedes, and then you saw a parking lot with a bunch of Nissan Sentras, like '90s Nissan Sentras are just busted the fuck out. I like Nissan Sentras. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just using an example for yeah. observational humor's sake. Um, cubicles small and too close for comfort yeah i wouldn't want to work in a fucking sardine can clicks in the department and that happens like everywhere like military especially too right like this is a job this is the job you just come to work and leave without caring if you have a friend there or not so yeah that's important like if you have a friend there just like anything else like it's gonna make you enjoy the work more but if you don't or you feel like you've been ostracized or kicked out of the group then you're definitely not going to give a shit about the work as much i don't think um if a manager speaks poorly to you about someone else and doesn't address it with you um yes like the way that somebody talks about someone when they're not around lets you know a lot about that person oh yeah and if somebody is just slamming somebody for whatever reason then yeah that's definitely like Anytime someone's come up to me just grossly talking shit about somebody else, you know, usually more times than not, I'm just kind of like, eh, you know, you shouldn't, this isn't helping your cause. You know what I mean? Whatever you're trying to do here. So yeah, I, I, I agree that that's a problem. And then turnover and middle management, but the same upper management still present with no change. So all good points. Um, she had a lot of stories. Yeah, that she was, had a whole I, lot of stories. I feel for whoever that was. Yeah. And that's that's rough. Well, that and is. also when she was talking about the postpartum depression and work for like working somewhere. Yeah. Like, yeah, man. And now more than ever, if somebody brings up any sort of mental health thing that's going on, yes. much less they just have a kid, they just had a kid and they're dealing with postpartum or whatever it may be. Like, yeah, I'm not again. I know that there's other variables with all this, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I know that somebody could be bringing things on themselves. They could not. They could be innocent. There could, it could be way more complicated than we think okay. in any given situation. But like, how? I mean, that was the norm for a while, yeah. right? To just overlook anybody dealing with anything like that. And when it comes to any sort of toxic environment, it seems like we have to always be mindful. We have to always be thinking about these things and learning from our mistakes and just trying to give people more grace and give ourselves more grace yeah. and not feeling bad about things. But, um, but that's yeah. how I feel about that. I think you got to also realize the, I'm, I'm not saying that any of that's okay, but the amount of pressure on somebody who does run a business, like that's your money, man. Like, Very you, good point. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so that's another part of it. Yeah. Well, so, I've worked for people that were incredibly passionate and where do you draw the line? You know, what, as far as, as far as the, as a workplace becoming toxic, it can be kind of subjective too, right? Because yes, command and control. When I worked in any sales job ever, there are deadlines. There are like, you have to hit this by this. It's a command and control environment. And it has to be because that's the type of attitude you have to have to be successful in sales in like a oversaturated market where you have a a lot of competition or whatever. Like you have to be, you kind of have to have that goal and you have to drive at it, you know? And 
the passion that, that the bosses I've had that weren't toxic at all, I could easily trace it back to this is their job. This is their company. They care about this. They want it to be successful. I was hired to do a job and all this falls within my job. If it didn't fall in with, within my job or they were making personal attacks about me or doing anything else, that's when I would start to say this is becoming more toxic. Right. But the hard thing is trying to, I feel like, see that line between a positive command and control leadership style and the toxic workplace, right? Yep. So, yeah, I def- I don't know. What about, what do you think? Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I, again, it's a very, I think it's a very gray line, dude. Like it's, yeah, because it, I've never owned a business, but I could just imagine the, the amount of stress yeah. and but then on the other hand, to be like, oh, postpartum depression is not real. Well, no, it's very real. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. that's, it's. <sighs> it's more that you really have to think about for yeah. sure. And while there are definitely clear, clear examples of what a toxic workplace is, we also just have to remember that just because we deal with the slightest obstacle doesn't mean it's a toxic workplace either. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. But anyway. Um, but okay. I learned a lot, man. Um yeah. As always, we really appreciate uh, all of our listeners for tuning in. Uh, we are so close to my basement being done. I'm going to post a picture up of Lily sitting in my chair because Lily sat in my chair and she put on the headphones. I got three of the mics up. We're going to get the cameras in, uh, testing out the sound. We're going to hopefully do by April 16th. Nice. So yeah, dude, pretty soon. I've witnessed it, everybody. It is real. It's Eric real does have a basement. I have a basement <laughs> and I'm slowly but surely getting it done. Yes. So we hope to, we hope to uh, be shooting the next episode or at least probably by late April in there. Um, but please make sure that you're following, uh, share with a friend if you like what you're hearing and stay tuned for next time. 